Christ journey. We are in full celebration mode, countdown to Christmas, kicked off. We're in it now. The hap- happiest time of the year, right? And we're happy today because it's also family worship day for us joining us in the house. I hope in your house you've also got some connecting around uh, the uh, church online opportunity and that you'll sense the Spirit of God meeting with you as we do here. So, But I want to say this to all of our kids, our young people, if you would just sound off so all of those on Christ's journey online can know what they're missing today by not being here. Could we just give it up so that they can experience a little bit of uh, the Spirit of the room? Amen. The countdown has already begun, and my... My boys couldn't be here, so I brought them with me. Uh, actually, I thought you might not know that I have some grandsons. Uh, West is eight years old. Cedar is now four years old. He just had his birthday. He's like as big as I am now, you can tell. Um, but I'm not going to get to see them until Christmas Day. I'm already counting down the days toward Christmas because that's when we'll be together again. Um, and then we will say something like this. Thanks be to God for his un unspeakable gift. Could you say the word unspeakable? Unspeakable. Now, what does that mean? It's too much for words. That's what that means. There's another translation that says it this way. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Would you say indescribable? And that means too unusual to convey, too extreme to convey in words. And then there's one more translation that says, thank God for this gift Too wonderful for words. Would you say too wonderful for words? Too wonderful for words. That's what we're celebrating, the gift of Christmas. God's perfect present to us. Given in fulfillment, our focus today, of ancient prophecies. This is a mind blower. One of the most familiar uh, you will uh, remember as the inspiration for the magnificent work that Handel did on the Messiah from Isaiah, 700 years prior to the birth of Jesus, when he said, the government shall be upon his shoulders, that handle, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. That prediction from Isaiah, the prophet that Angie quoted just a moment ago, was given 700 years prior to the birth of Jesus. Now, to give you a little perspective on that, this nation is only 246 years old. So multiply it times, it's three times, and you're almost at 700 years. Almost three times the length of the existence of this nation, a prediction was made that the government, this son would be given, a child would be born, the government would be upon his shoulders, the perfect present. In fact, Without that present, we wouldn't be having Christmas. That's what the celebration's about. And so I want to ask you, now that Christmas countdown has begun, if I were to ask you, how do you go about selecting, making, giving the perfect present ever? Do you just rush out to the store? You find the best bargain that's on sale, You throw some decorations around it, and then you park it under the tree until December 25th. Probably not. Please don't say yes. Because if you say yes, you're going to wind up on somebody's naughty list. I promise you that. You may, but if you get real about it, 
my hunch is that there's a process that you use to find the perfect present. It's close to the one that I use. To just write one for your loved one that takes time and thought. Would you say time and thought? This is the heart of today's talk. We're not just talking about anybody. No, we're talking about your special loved one. Your very, matters to you, a truly loved one. And we're not talking about just some anonymous elephant gift that shows up at a holiday party. We're talking about the perfect present for your special loved one. And like I said, it's probably not a rush job. It takes what? Time and thought. You start by taking the time to give thought to your loved one. Is this how it works for you? It's like, what do they like? What do they love? What do they want? What do they need? What would they truly appreciate? But you take time and you start thinking about them. As you're thinking through your options, you think of what it might look like if they were to open this gift. And then you imagine what it's, they're gonna, how it looks on them, the perfect fit, the perfect size, the, the colors they prefer. Or maybe you're already starting to think about their favorite food. Because when you make that food or when you share that food, it just wakes something up inside their heart. And they said, oh, that's my favorite food this time of year. You're thinking about them. So you start thinking about them and sorting through your options and then coming to your decision. Am I right? Am I close to right? This is how it works, right? And by the way, it's not too early to start your list and start doing this for the people that you care about in your life. What they like, what they love, what they want, what they truly need, what they would truly appreciate. It's not too early to start taking some time and then giving some thought to the perfect present for them. So, Girls and boys, I'm just wondering, uh, Pastor Raphael asked earlier, did you ever receive a perfect present? And I'm thinking maybe somebody thought about something that you did and you just thought, oh, this is so cool. This is the greatest gift ever. If you received one of those, would you just tell me what it is that you're thinking about? Anybody? Did any gift come to mind for you? Because one came immediately to mind for me. Maybe I'll tell you about it a little bit later. Nobody? No perfect present? Okay, oh, you're raising your hand. You're being so polite. Okay. Yes, what? A sewing machine. Wow, what a gift. Okay, over here. V, VR headset. Okay, cool. Somebody back in the back over there. Not loud. Help me out, somebody who heard. Oh, Jesus. That's a perfect present. That's like the perfect present. I'm thinking, okay, now, grown-up kids, grown-up kids, did you, do you, can you remember a time when you took the time, you gave the thought, and then you gave the gift, and your loved one did what? You, they opened it up, and they went what? This is Perfect. I mean, I love this. Where did you find it? How did you get that? I can't believe I didn't know, you know, all those things. And then that's like the perfect present, right? Maybe without words what they're saying. I love it. No, what they're saying without words is, you know what? I love how you love me. I love how you know me. I love how you take time and thought and show it in the gift that you've given me, right? I love that you love that you know me so well. I love that you're thinking about me. All of those things are wrapped in there, right? How do you spell love? T I M E. 
Don't put that on a spelling test, kids. But it's true. How do you spell love? T-H-O-U-G-H-T. Time and thought lead to the perfect gift, the perfect match for your loved one. And that's where it begins. And there are three other answers to that question that we're going to be going over in the next three weeks together. But today, the main point is this. To give the perfect present takes time and thought. But not only for us this year, would you believe that that's exactly how God did it when it came to giving the unspeakable, indescribable, too wonderful for words, perfect present of Christmas. This is what we find in the Bible story. The decision to give the gift that God gave started way, way before that first Christmas night way before the nine months of expecting that Mary spent after the angel told her that you have found favor with God and the the power of the Most High is going to overshadow you and the one, the Holy One to be born in you will be called the Son of God. No, God's time and thought went way before in the nine months that he sent angel Gabriel down for that. Way before that. 400 years, in fact. 400 years back. And I put this little timeline together to help us take a little trip back in time to what are called the last of the, main, the minor prophets. 434 B.C. 434 years before Jesus was born. By the way, there are over 300 predictions, messianic prophecies that came in the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, that find their fulfillment in Jesus Christ. I'll give you just a few of them that came from the minor prophets. Malachi said that there would be one sent before him to prepare the way. Of course, that was John the Baptist. Joel said that God's grace and compassion is going to fill him to the point that he is overflowing. It's going to, his spirit is now going to be poured out upon all people. We saw that at Pentecost, right? And then Micah says he's going to be born in Bethlehem. That's what the students of the word told the Magi when they came asking where would he be born. Hosea says that he would come out of Egypt, I have called my son. Zechariah says Messiah is going to be priest and king, and he will be righteous and victorious, and yet he will come lowly riding a donkey. That was Jesus. Those are just a few. Then Daniel. Daniel predicted that one would come as the son of man who would be worshiped by all peoples, that he would have a kingdom that would never be destroyed. And those of us who studied the New Testament know that Jesus' favorite term of self-reference was son of man. What I want us to see is that God gave time and thought that he wanted his prophets to write down so that we wouldn't miss his preparation, 500, 600 years before the birth of Jesus. But it even went back farther than that. The major prophets, Isaiah, this is 600, 700 B.C., 700 years before Christ. That's when the virgin would conceive. That's that first predictive word in Isaiah chapter 7, where he said that Galilee would be honored because the people living in darkness would see a great light. Galilee was considered a darker part of the world because so many pagans and Gentiles lived there. And then he said 
that the son would be born, a child would be given, the government's on his shoulders. We already went through that one. Chapter 11 said that he would come from the root of Jesse. That means the line of King David. And of course, we've seen that in the genealogy of Jesus, that he would come with the strong spirit of God upon him and the anointing of, the, of God would be on him so that eyes that were blind would see and the deaf would hear and the lame would walk and the captives would be set free. Chapter 35, chapter 42, chapter 61, <laughs> that he would perform acts of mighty healing. And of course, we see that in Jesus of Nazareth. Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, so sorrowful. He had a sorrowful prediction as well. He said that Messiah would be the target of murderous plot and that children would die. Of course, we read this in Matthew's gospel. Die in Ramah. And yet, Messiah would still bring a new covenant, one not written in stone, but written in the hearts and souls of people. The new covenant, Jesus said, that I give you in my body and in my blood. God was taking time and giving thought. But it goes back even farther than that. Oh my goodness, farther than the prophets to so many psalms. The uh, oldest psalm we have written from 586 B.C., the earliest psalm was 1440 B.C., 1,440 years before Christ. And just a few of them. Here's Psalm 2 says, Messiah will be called Son of God. Psalm 110, he will be greater than David. Psalm 118, he will be rejected as the cornerstone. The ones that are building temple will leave him out. Psalm 22, he would be forsaken, he will be pierced, and yet he will be vindicated. Psalm 16, that the Holy One will not leave his Holy One to decay, that he will be raised and have pleasures, eternal pleasures at God's right hand. That's amazing, the Psalms. But it gets even, it's even farther back than that. Think about this, the books of Moses. Oh my goodness, 1,450 years B.C., Numbers chapter 24, a star will come out of Jacob, a scepter, that's a king with authority, and this is the prediction that brought the Magi following the star that was predicted from the writings of Moses. Jesus also referred to the book of Numbers when John captured for us that most famous of all verses, for God so loved that he gave. In that same context, Jesus said, you know, the Son of Man is going to be lifted up like Moses lifted up that snake in the wilderness. And everyone who looked lived, so also those who believe will be saved. Before that, look at this, before that, he was seen as the Passover lamb. In Exodus chapter 12, for the blood of a spotless lamb would be placed on the door mantle so that the death angel of judgment would pass over them. Deuteronomy 18 says that he's going to be like a prophet, like Moses. And what did Jesus do in the Sermon on the Mount? He said, you've heard it said to me, you've heard it said to you this, and he quotes Moses. He said, but I say unto you, fulfilled in Jesus Christ. But I'm telling you, God's thoughts, God's thoughts take even more time than that. They go all the way back to the time of the patriarchs, the day of Abraham, and the prophecy that through Abraham's seed, 
all the nations of the world will be blessed. And then we also see in Abraham's story a father and a, a willing father and an obedient son cooperating to join God at the altar of sacrifice. And of course, we see that at the cross with Jesus, but it goes back even farther than that. 2100 BC, it goes back to the story of human beings all the way back to the fall, where God tells the deceiving serpent that though it strikes the, the woman's offspring on his heel, that he will crush it and he will be defeated. It came to giving the prophesying Satan's defeat by a woman's son. It goes all the way back to our prehistory beginnings. God was already giving time and thought to us and this incredible gift of salvation. That's pretty far, isn't it? That's pretty far. How long does it take to give the perfect present? Oh, wait, wait. The scripture tells us it goes back even farther than that. How do you get farther back than the Garden of Eden? The book of Revelation says this lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. Before the garden was given, the world was founded. And as earth was coming into being, God had already decided, you know what? I'm going to give the last full measure of devotion for my loved ones. And looked all the way forward and said, I'm going to be there in my son. But it goes back even. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, God's word says that even before that, from before the creation, God chose you. He was already thinking about you before anything is that was. Before God said, let there be light, he said, I will be love." for you. I, am I wrong? Or is this what Scripture wants us to see? That God has been thinking about you and the perfect present for you for a long time. That you've been on his mind. How, uh, the psalmist writes, in fact, Jesus said, God knows the number of hairs on your head. You know what? He knows the size of your head. He knows the shape of your head. He knows the number of hairs on your head, the number of hairs that used to be on your head, the number of hairs that are finally going to be on your head. He knows you because he's been paying such close attention to you. That's what he's trying to say. The psalmist said, oh, God, how, how vast are the sum of your thoughts toward me? How precious your thoughts toward me? Were I to count them, they would outnumber, think about that, outnumber the grains of sand. How many grains of sand are there in the world? How many grains of sand are there in the world? How many grains of sand are there on the beautiful beaches of South Florida? Tell them if you're joining us online from somewhere else in the world, you've got to come here. Our beaches are beautiful. You want to see them. But when you look at them, you should remember this. God's thoughts toward you are more than the sand on the beach. They're more than the sand on the dunes in all of the Sahara Desert. The psalmist said, oh, God, how long have you been thinking about me? How much have you been thinking about me? It's just blowing me away. How many are the thoughts that God has toward you? Here's the answer. Too many to count. 
Let me ask the question, you answer it, okay? How many are the thoughts God has toward you? And by the way, I think there's like a secret code in the materials that some of our boys and girls are writing down that don't want to miss this. Because this is the heart of it all. God has loved you. God has loved us. God has been thinking about us. God has loved human beings for a long time, actually from before time, and then all through time. And then when the perfect time came, in the fullness of time, here's what scripture says, Galatians 4.4, 4, at the perfect time, when the time had fully come, it was just right, Then God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive full rights, adoption to sonship. And our hearts would cry back out in the spirit, Abba, Daddy God. Jesus said in his Sermon on the Mount, he said, don't think that I've come to abolish the law and the prophets. No, I came to fulfill them. That's what this is about. He doesn't want us to miss that this Christmas. After his resurrection on the road to Emmaus, Luke chapter 24, verse 27, he tells us that Jesus, beginning, he was talking with a couple of guys trying to make sense out of everything that had just happened, and he said that he began with Moses and then all through the prophets explained to them what was said in all of the scriptures for all that time explaining himself concerning himself. What was he explaining the timeline. He's trying to help them understand how God gave time and thought to finding the perfect present for you, for the people of this world. Time to give thought to his loved ones, what they truly like, what they truly love, what they truly want, what they truly need, what they truly appreciate. Blaise Pascal was a mathematician, a scientist. Sometimes you hear people say that science and faith are in opposition. This was a scientist. He's a theologian as well. One time he said this, there is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every person. Vacuum simply means this big empty space that is like pulling in a vortex of gravity, trying to fill its emptiness. There's this God-shaped emptiness in the heart of every person who cannot be filled by any created thing, but only by the God who created, made known through Jesus Christ. Listen, from before time and all through time and right up to the perfect time and the fullness of time, God came in Christ so that by his spirit at the right time, he would call your name. Has that happened for you yet? Has God said, hey, today, this is the acceptable time for you to know and respond to my gift in Christ. He knows what you truly need. He knows what you've been trying to cram into your life and into your heart and into your bank account and into your garage and into your body to try to fill up that empty space, and he knows it's not enough. He knows the deep longings. He knows the desire of our heart, and he knows that he alone is the satisfier of the human soul and the hunger and thirst in our hearts. And so you know what he did? He he gave the perfect present 
For me, it's perfect. You know, you take time. You give thought, don't you? When you want the right gift for the right person because it's got to say the right thing. Why do you do that? Where does that come from? Here's what the Bible says. It comes from the God who made you. You're just doing what he does. You're letting love find its welcome in your heart and then through your life. God is love. He designed you to be loved and to love. To feel love, to want love, to need love, to receive love, to give love. The Bible says we love because he first loved. Why do we take time and thought to give our loved ones the perfect present? Because it's what God does. You're made in the image of your maker. And he wants you to know the depth and joy of love. But sometimes love also makes us sad. Doesn't it? One of my wife's favorite sayings is where she says, you know, when the choice to have a child is to have your heart walking around outside your body for the rest of your life. Because love goes deep and becomes at risk for the ones loved. This is a happy time. Christmas is a happy time, but, but it's also laced with melancholy and sadness sometimes. It's a time when love and sorrow meet in many of our homes. Precious memories rise up from those who are no longer at table with us and favorite recipes when you're making them and thinking about them and you smell them and it's like, wait, they never left. <laughs> They're right here. Our stories and our memories are so real that we can feel as if they are they're still with us somehow. The human heart has amazing capacities. Why? It's made in the image of its maker. It, it can feel both pain and joy at the same time. It can both unleash, feel such anger and fire of anger, but also warmth of comfort at the same time. It can know that somehow life is just way too short and yet, Celebrate that we will be forever with our loved ones. Where does that come from? The God who made us. The human heart is designed to reflect its maker. And that's why, the, actually, you know, brain science is telling us this, that there are unique capacities that the human being alone possesses for emotion, for memory, and for imagination that allow us to connect deeply to uh, understand meaningfully and to feel personally and to give and receive love as no other creature can. Where does that come from? You know, one of the perfect, okay, kids, I asked you what some of your gifts were. The first one that came to mind for me, and it still does whenever I think about it, was something you may not even know what it is. If I just tell you what it is, you may not even know what I'm talking about. It was a candy apple red stingray with high handlebars, banana seat, slick rear tire, about that wide, and a cool, wicked cool backstop, you know, bar, and these chrome fenders that were just like, ah, oh, 
this is so cool. This is so awesome. This is so cool. Now, I know you've got cool bikes. I know you've got balance bikes, and you've got dirt bikes, and you've got jumpers and mountain bikes, and you've got BMX, and you've got track uh, bikes and electric bikes. I know you've got all those. By the way, Lisa and I took a, we were in the mountains and took a 35-mile bike ride. It was so great. I love electric bikes. Just Just saying. All those bikes are great, but you want cool? You got to see my candy apple red stingray with the high and and this this is this isn't it. Mine was a lot cooler than this one, but it was the closest thing I could find online as to what it sort of looks like, you know. And I'm telling you, it was so awesome. And then my friend Brian Turnage and I would ride it through the, these trails in the mountains where I lived in Flagstaff. And, and uh, we would take, uh, Pastor Raphael, you back there, can you help me out here? Um, we would take these, uh, these cool little essentials. This isn't it, by the way. This is one of Pastor Reed's cool little bikes for his. But we would take these playing cards, and you know, you just attach them onto your spokes, and you get something like this. You want to help me out? See what we can yeah, baby. Do it again. Do it again. That was so cool. So awesome. You know what? You know what that's the sound? Make that again. You know what that's the sound of? Love. That's the sound of love. That's the sound of love where somebody who knew me Knew what I liked, knew what I loved, knew what I needed. They thought I needed more freedom in my life. I was 11 years old at the time, and they said, you know, it's about time that you, and I'm telling you, this is like, this is so cool. This is... <laughs> Let's put it up together for Pastor Ralph. Every time a perfect present sounds off and somebody's heart wakes up and says, it's perfect. God wants you to remember where it came from. God is love. He loves you. He gave himself because nothing else would be perfect enough for you. Have you received the indescribable, unbelievable, too wonderful for words gift? Would you pray with me? Thank you, gracious God, for the way that you have taken time and given thought and wrapped yourself up in them so that we wouldn't miss the gift. Thank you for the truth of your word from the beginning where it rose as a desire in your heart and in a thought in your omniscient mind and then an expression of your omnipotent power and love and then you wrote yourself into our history through the prophets and then into our time and space through Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus that you went to the cross, gave your life, rose from the dead, gave your spirit, and now you are present in this room, in these words. 
to make yourself known to us who by grace through faith would simply say, I receive you. For me, you did that for me. Sister, brother, if you know Christ and the forgiveness of sins and the presence of his spirit, would you just thank God for his indescribable gift, for his unspeakable gift, for his gift too wonderful for words. And perhaps, friend, you're joining us today and you've sensed that this is the day that God is saying to you, this is your time. I'm here for you right now, knocking at the door of your heart and inviting you to open it so that I can make myself known to you in love and forgiveness. You can receive him right now. Lord Jesus, I believe you came in love from God for me. And so I ask you to forgive my sins by your death on the cross, to fill my spirit and heart by your resurrection life. Come into my life now and lead me as I now seek to follow you and teach me how to love the way you do. Our head's still bowed for a moment, but if you would let me ask God's blessing upon your next steps of faith, you just prayed with me. Would you slip your hand up, hold it up just for a moment? You're joining us online. You can click right there in the chat. Thank you, brother. Right here in the middle, right toward the back in the center, over to my right. Amen. Among our young people. To my left, right here on the aisle. God bless you, sister. To my far left, over by the door. Lord Jesus, for each one of these whose hand has been raised and for those that I haven't seen, but you have. We pray right now that you would let them know you've heard their their prayer and by your peace and by your joy that your heart would wake their heart to beat with yours. Thank you for this place where we can remember how much you're thinking about us. We make this prayer in your name. Amen. Amen.